Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 237. I had a conversation with Jackson Newland. They're a a writer. Um, I didn't really know Jackson, although I recognised them from working in the Wellington Library, which I'm a fan of the the library, and uh, so go there. Um, But I had heard a lot of stuff about... uh, Jackson Newland's work and uh, I loved the, the the new book which is the debut collection uh, I'm a human being and so I read that and reached out to them wanted to chat to them we had an amazing conversation about writing um, but we also talked a lot about basketball and rap music and we talked about um, gender gender fluidity non-binary I'm learning about this stuff, so some of my questions were naive, um, uh, but they were hopefully coming from the right place of wanting to understand and 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 just learn and just learn. And uh, Jackson's an amazing writer, and they did some readings um, during the podcast, and also, as I say, a very frank discussion around uh, identity and gender, and um, and uh, I guess trigger warning. Uh, mental health, depression, uh, conversations around that come up as well as part of this. But a really, I think, a really interesting and brave conversation um, that gets pretty candid pretty quickly. And um, I'm a big fan of the work, and now I can say that I know the person behind the work, uh, which is part of the reason I do these podcasts. Uh, Sometimes it's people I already know, uh, sometimes it's people I'm meeting for the first time. I love this conversation with Jackson Newland, I'm a huge fan of their work, and um, I'll provide links of course to that, and uh, you'll hear some of the work during this conversation. Um, But yeah, it was really fun to talk basketball, it was really fun to talk rap music, Um, it was really interesting and fun to talk about um gosh obviously america and american culture and 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 politics which is always a fraught and sad topic these days but um there was some nostalgia towards american culture from both of us i think um yeah so i love this conversation and i hope you enjoy it too this is me talking with wellington writer jackson newland so thanks for coming around. I mean, we've only just met. I've, <clears throat> you're a person I recognise because you work in the library. Yeah. And and I'm not um, spoiling anything because that's in your bio and <laughs> you, you know and in your writing and stuff. So yeah. I'm not. Um, so I recognise you from the library, and we were just saying like, the library's a funny relationship where you you would recognise all sorts of people, but you don't sort of go, oh yeah, what's your name? Yeah, exactly. And get to know people, but you sort of recognise them, and you probably recognise and understand people's tastes yeah. without actually knowing anything else about. Yeah, them. yeah, totally. Um, so I, and so yes, yeah, so I've seen you around Wellington, mm-hmm. and but I've read your book. I loved your work. That's why you're here. Cool. Um, where do you come from? Where where do you where did you grow up? Have you always been here? Yeah, I was born and raised in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried moving away a couple of times, but it's always been like a terrible decision, and I've ended up back. Back. <laughs> where, why and where and what um, went wrong? So, I, when I was like nineteen, I was playing basketball pretty seriously, and I moved up to Auckland to go to uni and um, train with the Breakers. And, um, I didn't know anyone in Auckland and the person I moved up with, um, after about a month left and moved back to Wellington Mm. and I had like a huge depressive episode (laughs) it was very bad. I had no like, um, support network. 
So that was a bad thing. Too young to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was like the first time I was like living away yeah. from home and like not knowing anyone was a pretty stupid idea, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, me and my partner moved to the States for a year. Um, the year that Trump got elected. Wow. So that wow. Was, <laughs> was a bit... Um, now... <laughs> Was that basketball related no, in some that was way? The, that was, um, my partner is actually from the States. Oh, she right. moved here. Yeah. And then um, after I finished my master's, there was like this special visa you could get for mm. like a year. And I was like, oh, well, mm. let's do this. Mm. And it didn't, there was, there was some, like, it's cool to like travel around the States yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But well, not just, now. No. <laughs> Especially now. Yeah. It's weird. I was, I mean, that year that you're talking about, that was my first time I went to America wow. just for three weeks. Yeah. And having like a lot of people, I think, especially people interested in pop culture in any way. You yeah, see, exactly. You sort of fetishize the place on some level. Yeah, because I grew up like listening to hip hop music yeah. and yeah. I was like, I was always like, oh, yeah, I've got to go there. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. an American sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it calls you, right? Like, it's a, you know, I think, like, um, for me, yep, like, um, music, obviously, but then within music, the very, lots of things, but the very American forms, yeah, hip-hop, yeah, jazz, yeah, totally. you know, um, the New Orleans brand of funk and soul, mm. just all of this stuff, um, you yeah. know, even, even that very specific kind of... Um, Detroit R and B and yes. yeah, the, yeah. And, and the and just their brand of pop music. I mean, it's just you just kind of want to see and movies and also and yeah, movies. like all movies and TV, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> we watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and so we went there right when the um, the rallies were getting going, right. and uh, you know we were mostly traveling around pretty safe blue states. So yeah. like the conversations we were having were were mostly. Yeah, you know, when's he going to get found out, and when's you know when's he going to become a laughing stock? And it's like, it well, well, <laughs> yeah, or or it was always happening, but it right. had no consequence. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, wow, how is this? So yeah, that was when I um, went there, and it was like, what the f <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, so you came back. Yes, came back <laughs> because yeah. of well. <laughs> Because of it wasn't yeah. a great time, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, my visa yeah, ran yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, not worth not worth trying to get back. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. And so and the rest of the time, it's been Wellington. Yeah, Wellington. And what were you um, doing as a child? What were you into? What was what was happening in your house? Um, I was always a big reader, um, and I don't know, like my. Parents, my dad was a primary school teacher, um, he's now a primary school principal, and my mum um, did the graphic design for the school journals. Mm. So, yeah, it was a very bookish house, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, I don't know, I just, I feel like I was a pretty typical kid, like I played soccer, um, and we had like a basketball hoop in the backyard, mm. um, and... I was very shy. Um, yeah. And are you and 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 what about um, you know connecting with words in terms of writing? Right. So you know reading's one thing, but when, yeah. when do you turn your hand to, and what do you think like is the thing that makes you go, I want to do some writing? Well, I wrote bits of, like I always wrote like little bits and pieces, but nothing. I was never 
But I guess when I first seriously started writing was when I was trying to write raps. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what sort of age? Um, like high school, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. pretty much all the way yeah. through high school. Yeah. Um, I've just got... My kid is trying to do this now. Oh, really? <laughs> he's not quite nine. And he's got into poetry. Oh, and, wow. But... And... Which is cool, and but he's also really into listening to hip hop, and so he's trying to write raps. And yeah. I've sort of said to him, they're the same thing. Yeah, you know, they can be totally. Like yeah. that's you know, I don't want him to think that he has to think in two different directions oh, there. Yes. And so, and obviously, I instantly go, "You need to listen to Gil Scott Heron or something like that." And he, and he goes, "I don't <laughs> no. care." You know, who like, does he want to listen? Well, he's to? In, he's listening to Eminem, so oh, I'm, okay. so that's fine. I'm yeah. letting him do that. You yeah. know, and it, but I do. I do have a, you know, a problem with, I guess, the, you know, the language is fine. I, uh, well, it's not fine, but I don't care about the language. Sure. But I care about the intent behind the language. So, yeah. So what I've started doing is like, hey, this Eminem's really cool. Here's some Jurassic 5 we could play as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, because he, he, cause he really first got into the Beastie Boys, which I'm totally cool yeah. with, because that's yeah. what happened to me too. But yeah, I just, every time I hear, I sort of wince at this kind of, yeah. you know, well, bitches stuff yeah. I just go well here's you know here's, yeah. here's Ugly Duckling and they're really fun <laughs> yeah. you know and, and, and there can be swear words that are fun like yeah, it doesn't have to totally. be you know fuck you bitch because Eminem was like really huge for me yeah. and I'm just like uh... and did you turn out okay as a result? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> you know, I think it probably sure. had a yeah. negative impact yeah. Yeah. and well, now just I'm... like forever I have like those lyrics will just pop into my head every now and then and it's just like oh no like it's, this I mean, has done I, some lasting damage well it's me. yeah this is the worry I guess it's a bit like um it is a bit like and I know there's a connection there but it's a bit like horror films and stuff is right. the, the idea that you know there's a bit of a connection there with some of Eminem's early iconography yeah. but you know it's like yeah, just because you think you can handle it, you mm. don't know what damage it's doing. Yeah. And that's where, what I'm worried about with my cat is he, he's like, I can handle that. I'm not scared of that. And I know that this is bad. And I wouldn't say it. I just like how it sounds. And it's like, well, that's, that's great. Big tick. That's how I felt. Yeah. But um, what else is happening inside you because of it? You know, what yeah. is it actually, how's it rewiring you? And like, I can see it in both ways. I mm. guess. Like, there's like the thing about like violent video games. Mm. But it's like, Really, most people do that so they don't That's do right. something yeah. else, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, yeah, I've always the filmmaker it. John Waters, mm. like, makes really fucked up movies, and he's always been like, yeah. I make these movies so that I don't do... Go and do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what he actually does is puts on a suit, dresses sharply, and speaks eloquently, you know, like, an articulate, you know, he's he's brilliant. Yeah. Right? And, and, and he's just totally embraced that, yeah. that all that sort of Pope of Trash stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. I, I've, I mean, I've always thought I've been quite drawn to violence in terms of uh, mixed martial arts, pro mm. wrestling, yeah. the, the, the comic book version of violence, totally. martial arts movies mm. and horror films because I'm so not violent For and, sure. and, and non-violent. Yeah. You know, I don't think I, I've, I've never really been in a fight in my life and mm -hmm. I would hope that that would... Apart from one with words, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's that's how I want it to be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? You do kind of, I mean, and then I, like it's made me sort of think a lot more about Eminem than I probably ever did because because right. it wasn't that I was too old for him. I was really into him, mm. but then I got I just very quickly sort of decided, well, this guy's a classic example of waste of talent. Like because he's, he's technically he's amazing. amazing. But, yeah. <laughs> but I reckon, what, 90, 80% of what he does is kind of 
garbage that and oh he, absolutely and i reckon he fully knows it is too yeah but you know i was listening to stan the other day and going this is immaculate writing like, yeah. this is a like that's the early classic exactly you know that yeah. is really good like mm-hmm. he has taken the hip-hop song and done something very different with it yeah yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's done this weird little play mm-hmm. yeah yeah so okay so you were listening to that yeah. And where did you... I mean, at first... Yeah, yeah, uh, I was going to say, so where did that like, take you, like, with hip-hop? Um, well, like, the first hip-hop I listened to was that, but then also, which doesn't seem very common, is, like, a lot of New Zealand hip-hop. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, P-Money's first yeah, album yeah. and stuff. P-Money's um, first album was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And, like, um, Frontline before, and then, yeah. like, David Dallas, yeah, and, like, yeah. the Breaking Records. It was a good stuff. time. Yeah, it yeah. was really good. Um, and that, then, that early Breaking Records compilation amazing so yeah. good yeah. yeah and I remember them like sending stickers and going like putting them on yeah. people's cars and shit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then from there moving on to like I know more conscious American mm, stuff mm. like um Talib Kweli and, yeah, 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 yeah yeah which was a, a, a good era too absolutely yeah. and, and I've been although now Talib Kweli is yes, coming out as a bit of a asshole He's, uh, I, I was listening to his podcast for a while. Mm. Uh, he's quite smart, but um, yeah, I don't quite get his deal. He seems like um, just one of those kind of that weird brand of Twitter bully where he it just sort of manifests from wanting to be a know it all or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've stopped listening to him. Mm. Um, just giving as you do, you give things a break. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, I mean, sure. I've noticed more and more of this sort of. Um, bad press that he's getting around yeah. picking fights. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been paying too much close attention to it, but mm. yeah, like, it's, yeah, and then it's weird, like, looking back and be like, oh, every person I admired growing <laughs> up has just turned out to be like. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so were you raised on Harry Potter books? Is that where you're going? I, with? I, I mean, I did read uh, them, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. example, though, right? Yeah, I'm absolutely. <laughs> Man, what is she about? Oh, my God. <laughs> And, like, it's so weird to me, like, because she has her pseudonym, who's, like, mm, mm. A, a male name, yeah, yeah. and, like, that new book, apparently, where it's, like, about, I don't know, a yeah, yeah, address. Really, yeah, yeah. But also, like, she published the Harry Potter books under J.K. Rowling, because it would yeah, not seem so feminine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah far out. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so you were writing raps. That's how you were yeah, talking about we kind of, You were listening to rap music and you were wanting to do your version. Yeah, and so I, like, recorded, t- like, I don't know, maybe I I was recording little random things over other people's beats at home and stuff. Mm. and But I kind of gradually realised that, like, I'm not actually very good at rapping, like, I really like writing them right, and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. and, like, also, I was such a shy and, like, anxious person. Like, performing was not really, like, something that I was mm. going to be interested in. So it kind of just drew, gradually transitioned into just writing poems, I guess, um, from there. And, yeah, yeah, that's the... That's the um, that is the beatless version and the... Exactly, and, and, yeah. And, and the, not the rhythmless version, yeah. but in terms of, yeah, having it to stick to a... Yeah, exactly. A, a musical metre. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, what what did you do with that stuff to begin with? Was it, did you, you know, were you um, trying to perform it and share it or was it just more of a, this is a thing for me to do? I uploaded a couple of things online and I... 
don't know, even back then I was very much like focused when I was making the songs like about like an album, yeah. you know, and like, oh, it all fits together like this <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah. a fully fledged project yeah. and like, oh, I'm going to make this album called this and all the songs are going to be this way. Mm. Um, but I never like released anything. Mm. I don't know. I didn't, I don't think I knew how. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I guess at that point, like, when I was first, when I was growing up, I was, like, going to buy CDs, I guess, and then, but at that point, I was probably just, like, finding stuff on blogs, yeah. like, the blog era of hip-hop yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. and I don't know how to get your music <laughs> yeah, yeah. on a blog, and, like, also, like, I didn't probably think my stuff was good enough, mm. um, <laughs> I was just doing it, yeah. and kind of figured, maybe something will happen one day. Yeah. And it didn't. And it didn't. Because <laughs> n- nothing happens if no, you don't do anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the even the the narrative that tells you a person was discovered. Yeah. Something major went into that. Like yeah, like you know, they're not if, just if discovered. They, yeah, if they like, themselves didn't do it, they have someone yeah. working for them that is pushing them. Into, yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah, you have to put yourself Someone's out there it, somehow. Right. Yeah. And I was not doing that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's fine. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And tell me about basketball. So that's um, that was a big thing in your life. Oh, is, yeah, is it, it was still? a huge thing. Um, well, I haven't played in a very long time. Mm. Um, so in that way, no. But I think about it a lot. I guess yeah. um, follow it uh, on some level. <laughs> in in a very strange way, like I, um, I guess I, again, growing up, I didn't really follow the NBA. We didn't have Sky or anything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, it was just not. I had no way of... You become aware of it, though, right? Yeah, like I was like... When you play basketball, yeah, like you play with it. Someone's yeah. following it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, like, I did go and watch, like, the Saints play quite mm. a lot. Um, but, so, I guess, yeah, just for what I'm doing right now, which is really dumb, is... Because I used to play for a little while with Stephen Adams, mm-hmm. um, and so I started following him. But what I do now is, like, I listen to podcasts about the NBA, and I, like keep up to date with who wins and stuff, but I don't actually watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah. But, but, I, but I can go, I started listening to um, a basketball podcast mm-hmm. this year, yeah. and I'm a bit the same. Like, I catch little bits of the yeah. NBA, and, um, and then obviously it went on hold, like, yeah. like everything did. Mm-hmm. And and I haven't really watched anything since it's come back. Sure. But I follow scores and... Yeah, yeah. I watch, like, so I a highlight that. video yeah, on yeah, YouTube yeah. every now and then. Yeah. And yeah. I just go and watch old things, yeah. like because I'm, you know, I I sort of have had two waves of NBA appreciation. Totally. So I was into it in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and then with like Chicago, I guess. Or... Um, I was actually a massive Detroit Pistons fan, nice, which is a, was a good thing to be then, <laughs> and a very weird thing to be now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we're talking Isaiah, so yeah, like sure. that's the time to mm-hmm. you know, and so I was in the yeah dream team yeah. was my era totally. of discovering yeah. basketball so it was, mm. a, it was a good I mean obviously yeah loved the Bulls yeah um, and have always always I guess from being younger than that and knowing a little bit about basketball I've always been a Celtics fan yeah so I really enjoyed following them this year yeah and, yeah and, a, and an awesome sort of rebuilding absolutely and I've got two Celtics hats that I've been wearing and nice. so just recently people have been like I oh, shouldn't be wearing that anymore you know like <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like no nah, this is 
this is for Larry Bird. This is archival. <laughs> you know, this, is a, this is historic. This is uh, not just, you know, for the guys now. <laughs> Probably no one listening cares about no, I know. this. But, like, That's who do love. you like on the socials at the moment? Uh, I just, I, I actually really just like them as a team. Yeah. I love the fact that actually they're a team. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, for um, sure. You know, obviously the Lakers are a great team, but... but they're, they're all, two players. Yeah, and that, I was going to say, they're always a great team, and they're always a great team based around one or two superstars. Yeah. And I think what I like uh, about the Celtics is mm. they've got a team, mm-hmm. and they've also got, like, I mean, tacos, good fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've got that kind of classic, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that, that's that kind of classic... Absolutely. Um, ...person that is in a te- yes. team where you're kind of like... you. You appear to have one skill. You're very, very tall. Yeah. And that's about it. Well, yeah, like, when I first started playing basketball, that was, a lot of people said, like, we can teach you everything else, but you can't teach height. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess, like, they did teach me a lot of stuff. I'm sure that, I'm sure that happens to, you know, they must, um, uh, target and headhunt people of a particular height at, oh, yeah. at, at schools well and it's not clubs. even like it's sort of a no-brainer it's right, not even always like targeting or headhunting it's just yeah. like anyone you meet is like do you play basketball you should play yeah. basketball so that becomes the curiosity oh maybe i should yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i started playing basketball in high school like because i in primary school it wasn't really yeah, a thing like yeah, no one yeah. did and so i just played soccer just like everyone else did at my school and then came to high school and it was a thing and so I started playing um and then it like quickly got more and more serious because people were like oh this person's tall and like I guess not terrible Mm. (laughs) Um, and like yeah so I started doing like Wellington reps and going to camps and stuff and then Basketball New Zealand were like, oh, you should change schools because Wellington High is terrible at basketball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it was a very big part of my life. I was like, you know, waking up at six in the morning to go to training before, like, school or whatever. Um, But it was never the only thing in my life, which was maybe part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of the, pretty much everyone else who was like, like he's playing at that level, like that was their thing, mm. you know. But I was like, I want to do this and yeah. this, and you ca- it doesn't really happen. You're not really no. allowed to. No, no. I, I mean, I identify with that. I was my thing was. I mean, I played basketball. And yeah. I was not great. Sure. I was okay. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. And um, but it was fun. But but I was good at playing hockey. That was mm. my sport. Yeah. And so you can do more than one sport, but you can't do more than one. You know, to get yeah. really good, you can't really do more than one style of activity yeah so you know i was an okay cricket player and an okay basketball player mm-hmm. um but i was a really good hockey player Ugh. and that was my thing in terms of i guess what you're talking about like development squads national yeah. attention that sort yeah, of stuff totally. um but i wanted to play the drums i wanted to write poetry i wanted to write journalism i wanted yeah. to you know do this do this i also wanted to just go to pubs and drink <laughs> you know which i think won out over hockey mm. in the in totally. the end yeah. but yeah so have you you know, it sounds like you have, but have you kind of reconciled that? Like the, or are you are you listening to podcasts and not following it because you um, are not fully reconciled? With I, it? I don't think I probably am. Um, mm. Like, because I like, I guess I stopped playing seriously after I got super depressed, which 
you can't really play <laughs> yeah. um, at a yeah, competitive be, level while, <laughs> while you're, like, too sad to get out of bed or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but then, like, after a while, I decided, oh, I'll just, like, start playing, like, in a casual league again. But, again, quickly, I became very serious about it, and I was yeah. almost like, I don't know if I can just do this, like, this is a as hard... a fun little thing. Yeah. Um... I think that's a really hard thing to do. I think that's an interesting thing, is when you become very good at something, if something's stopping you from achieving that level, it's very hard to to drop down two or three levels. Right. You know? And, I don't know, maybe I could now, but yeah, just, like, time, my life... Like, I was going to say, it, time it, allows time. you to do that. Yeah, yeah. But, See, I started playing the drums again with mm. no aspiration at all, and now I was never an amazing drummer, but I yeah. did make a living out of doing it for a while, and I had fun doing it mm-hmm. and then I just sort of stopped and forgot altogether and yeah. now I'm reteaching myself mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm having a jam with some guys but I don't really care if I ever play on a stage again. And sure. that's a good position to be in. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to do anything with it. And mm-hmm. I think the same is true of basketball. I yeah. walk down the road and shoot my little Celtics branded ball into nice. the hoop and sometimes it goes in <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it doesn't and that's all I care yeah. about. And I def- I think I really could enjoy that now. Yeah. Um because I Again, like, even back when I was very serious about it, I don't think I had the right kind of mentality, probably. Like, I pretty much always enjoyed practice more than the actual games. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, I definitely enjoyed basketball more when I was playing um, for my high school team with my friends than I did, like... Yeah, moving right up. Yeah, with, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, I mean, do you want to talk about the depression and how that sure. derailed not just basketball? It, yeah, it derailed everything. Like, I dropped out of uni about ten times because yeah. of depression. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I've prob- I've always been, like, probably um, susceptible to it, but didn't really realise until I moved to Auckland. Yeah. And, um, kind of had my first, like, major depressive episode, and so moved back to Wellington, I was like, okay, so it'll be better if I come home. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually got worse, you know, and, like, um, for a long time, like, I just stayed in bed, um, all day long, and then I'd go for, like, long walks through the city in the middle of the night, and, Mm. um, just felt that I was a terrible person and I don't know um spent like a lot of time online which is another thing that kind of that was interesting like I met a lot of people online from like the states and stuff who were writers and it was really good for me for a while (laughs) but then eventually spending like your waking life on waking life on the computer doesn't um doesn't help eventually yeah. you know that's yeah. that's really interesting because a lot of, there's a lot of stuff about like how unhealthy yes. like social media and everything is but it can really help yeah weird it's weird um um yeah and then what have you always felt um this um i'm guessing the answer is no but have you always felt this comfortable talking about Depression and what ha- and what has happened to you? No, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying we're we're 20 minutes in and we've just met. Yeah, and I totally 
throw it at you because, but only because you brought it I up. I brought it up. It was like the first thing I talked about. <laughs> um, so no. it'd, be, it'd be silly of me to not ask well, a question about it, but you've you've gone, yep, yeah. this, this, this. Well, and it, I'm like, that's yeah. great. It's, I mean, it's a, been a huge thing yes. in my life, but also um, to get ready to do this, I was like, oh shit, I better listen to your podcast. Oh, okay. And I listened to um, your one with Freya. Oh, right. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, this is what Simon talks about <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> no, well, no that, you know that wasn't what I was thinking. No, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, because you know Freya. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a great chat I had with her. Yeah, same really thing, good. I really only just <laughs> met her, and I guess really similar circumstances. I liked her work. Yeah. Sort of knew who she was, mm. um, but that was it. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. no real. Um, so, what was well? Let's take it back a step. Yeah. Uh, what were you wanting to do in your life? Um, end of high school and stuff. Obviously, basketball was a consideration. That's when you went to Auckland. But you know, in terms yeah. of like you mentioned, going to university and 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 depression affecting you, dropping mm-hmm. in and out of it. Yeah. Um, and this kind of already doing some writing in this bookish yeah. sort of stuff what 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 did you have a plan to do or be I at that time or you know was there none quite there were probably like i think there were lots of plans that could not have all worked at the same time mm. but i kind of thought oh you can just do all, all of them and also they probably weren't very well thought out like i was pretty serious about basketball i thought i would because I was, like, kind of in the, like, larger squad for, like, the um, New Zealand under was it 19th team that was going to the World Champs that year. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm focusing on this, and then I'll probably get a scholarship to a college in the States and go and do that. Um, I also still wanted to be a rapper at that point, I think. Um, slash a writer. Yeah. Um, but and then I was doing uni just because I think I thought that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like... <laughs> and I think maybe particularly when you've grown up in a university city. Yeah. You know, it's just no, you know. Like, for and me, like, I, I had to make the decision to move here mm. from a smaller town. And, and now it's a bit different because it's more obvious that you can do things from anywhere. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you would just... It's like, why not go there? Yeah, and, like, everyone I knew from high school yeah. went straight into uni. I took a year off in between... Um, which no one else really did. And, like, also, like, my parents both worked in education, I guess, mm-hmm. so like that, there was that. And, um, so, yeah, I was doing, like, English Lit, which was good, because I was interested in that, and economics, because I was good at that in high school. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. like, now I would never study economics, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, so... And, yeah, that was when, I, as I said, I had my first depressive episode, and I didn't realise what it was at first. Mm, that's what I, I was going to ask, was was sort of how it manifested and, and how you... I thought I had, like, a physical illness. Right. Um, and, like, I was, like... So you just hit with this weight, weight in, of... Yeah, I was, like, calling in sick to, like, basketball stuff, being, like oh, I feel real nauseous and I've been throwing up. I hadn't been throwing up, but I just knew that I couldn't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I went to, like, the uni doctors, like, a lot, and I was, like, saying, oh, I'm so nauseous, I've got these headaches and stuff. And for a while, they were just, like, giving me painkillers and stuff. And, like, 
doing nothing. It didn't really do yeah. anything. Um, wow. So eventually, I think they kind of realized, and they're like, maybe you should like move home for a while, and you can come back when you're feeling better. Um, and so when I moved, they didn't like diagnose me with any sort of mental mm. thing. But when I came home and like talked to my doc, like my GP yeah. that I grew up with, then they kind of like started me on antidepressants and stuff. Yeah. Um, but also like when I was there and I was like talking, like messaging or texting my friends from Wellington and they were like, I think they probably realized that I was depressed, but I was like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm not going to like try to kill myself or anything. Mm. Like, which is not something, like, I, it's not something stupid. It's something that you do when you, like, can't fucking deal with, like... Yeah, when that becomes, <laughs> that, that's your idea of a yeah. solution. Yeah. And then, of course, I didn't when I was living there, but after I moved home to Wellington, I did several times, and I was like, oh... Like, <laughs> like, right. I really did not know what was going on with myself mm. at that point. Um, so, yeah, that was how it started, and then... For a few years, that was just kind of my life, I guess, just wow. depression and anxiety. For a while, like, it started off just depression and then anxiety became a big part of it. I was, like, walking along, like, the streets and, like, physically, like, shaking so much. Like, wow. people were like, oh, do you have, like, some sort of neurological, like, <laughs> thing? Because I'd be, like, yeah, twitching my wow. head, like, so dramatically and stuff, like, spasming. Wow. Um... But and this is what you're in your like late teens, early twenties, or early twenties, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but think, now look at me. Yeah. Well, it's still all there in the background, but you know, <laughs> I guess I can kind of have some sort of handle on it now, which is good. Well, you can. I mean, you know, you've already talked about it more than you need to talk about it with someone yeah. who who uh, isn't trying to pry but doesn't know you. No. So oh. that to me is is amazing. Yeah, well, I think it's. It's not necessarily important for me to talk about it with someone who I've just met, but yeah. it's important to talk about it in, like, a podcast. Yeah, 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 stuff, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I think it's... I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of um, trying to get a handle on this stuff because um, I guess... I don't really know how to say it, but I guess I've thus far been very fortunate to not really have any yeah. of, any of the thing you're describing sure yeah. and, and what a few other people have described mm. to me yeah which doesn't mean i'm home free no and, and, and it doesn't mean yeah. that i'm not without my problems and troubles in this world mm. but it does mean that i've got a head start in some yeah, areas sure. that's sort of how i think of it mm -hmm. yeah um so what happens in, next for you in terms of developing the writing and developing, I guess, an idea of who you are and what you're trying to be? Sure. Um, so because this is a massive hindrance, what we're doing about, absolutely. To, to put it bluntly, yeah. but it also, no doubt, informs mm. um, future directions. Yeah, so the next thing was when I was spending pretty much all my working hours on the computer talking to people online um while i was i guess i'll i'll tell the origin story because that's always fun yeah um so while i was doing the thing where i would sleep all day and then be up all night yeah. i would always um walk down to the video store like just before it closed at like 11 or midnight or whatever and get out like six dvds that i watch all night and then yeah. just sleep all day and i got real into um Spike Jones, I think. And so I was like, oh, I'll look up what his next movie's going to be. And he'd, like, optioned the rights to this 
small press novel um, by a writer called Shane Jones, not the politician. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, and it was, and I saw, I bought it on Amazon, and it was this weird, like, fragmented, kind of surrealist, fantastical book, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And I looked him up, and then I found this whole world of, like, writers who were, like, blogging and um, online a lot, publishing online, mostly in the States. I started just randomly adding, like, hundreds of people on Facebook from this community and talking to people, and just that became my life, I guess. And then I was part of this, like, kind of moment online called Altlet. Um, This is what, mid to late 2000s? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Early, like two thousand nine, yeah. probably yeah, the yeah. start of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it was very exciting. Um, of course, like we talked about earlier, it ended up turned out that like there were a lot of shitheads in this yeah. group of people, yeah. and, like who were like, there were some abusers and shit, and the community eventually fell apart. But it was really amazing for a while talking to these people who are so excited about writing mm. and like people I know it's kind of just part of our everyday existence now but like people were doing like live streams like back then yeah, and they just like yeah. reading poems and stuff and like people talking about like gosh that must have been very <laughs> uh, revolutionary basically like, it yeah. felt like it at least I mean I recorded myself last week for that poetry live thing which ran last night and yeah, I never thought to do that before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now, as you say, now it's just someone asks you to do it and you go, yeah, cool, I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, I've got a reason to, but also, like, everyone is able to do that now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a direct benefit of COVID, if we can, if we can say so. Yeah, of lockdown. totally. But, yeah, so this is a full decade before that. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I was not very, like, well-read or anything, but the exciting thing, I guess, was it was, like, people my age, contemporary writing things, and also asking, like, what does a poem need to be? Mm. Like, people just, like, copying and pasting their, like, um, G-chats or something into a document and be like, mm. check out my poem. <laughs> or, like, you know, very, like, d- like some Dada, like, kind of just completely mimicking that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But just, like, well, I didn't know anything about that before. And it was just, it was very exciting and, like, you know, um, there's new new writing online, like, every day, and um, and then, like, being able to actually talk to those people and joke and stuff and make stupid memes. A lot of, a lot of discussion back then about, like, oh, the meme is poetry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that really helped me, I guess, because it got me actually interacting with people, even if it was not physically... And, um, I started writing a lot, I guess, and posting it online, and, and I guess I don't really fully understand how I went from that to, like, being part of a community in New Zealand, because that was, they were, like, completely separate things, and, like, there were a few people, um, from here who were part of it, um, who I've become very good friends with, and, like, Amon was yeah. tangentially involved in it. Yeah. Um, my good friend Stacy Teague, who um, lives in Wellington now, was involved in it and stuff, and, like, 
my partner Carolyn was in the States and a big part of it back then mm. and she's moved here now. Um, I don't know, so I guess somehow I just transitioned into <laughs> um, being part of things here and yeah. What were you, what was the response to posting things online? Were you doing that primarily for yourself? Were you hoping to get commentary on it, um, feedback and, and, and was that happening and how did you handle that? Um, or, or was it more just a do something, put it up, it's there, if people want to find it? It was, no, it was definitely wanting, like, to get attention on it yeah. and stuff. Like, um, I had, like, a Tumblr, um, and I was never, like, I didn't go viral or anything, but there was, like, that community, everyone yeah. was, like, posting stuff and reblogging each other's stuff, and it's, like, some of the people who had been around longer had books published on like small presses and stuff um and like some of the people now who I don't know there's like generations yeah that type of I was thing. it's and a like, circle of aspirational yeah uh, moments isn't it and the next like, person gets their book or, yeah. or does their big reading or whatever and then you think I could do that yeah and so like in the generation kind of slightly preceding me I guess like people like Roxanne Gay were involved mm. in like online stuff a yeah. lot and like now she's like a fucking superstar, superstar. yeah um but like yeah. And still behaving okay. She's, <laughs> yes, she's so far. She's so not far, one of she's like one of the good ones. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like people were getting books published, and I was like, I want to do that. I have ideas for books, um, and then eventually, I did go back to school, and I did um, my BA at Fitteria in creative writing, and then after that, I did the MA at Vic. Oh yeah. And I guess once you've done that, you're kind of in. You're on. You know, <laughs> you're on the track. Oh, it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, I've talked to a few people that have done the MA, and you know, one of the great uh, criticisms of it is how it's uh, this treadmill towards publishing and stuff. Mm. But maybe it's time that actually that was just seen as well. That's actually one of the great things about it. That's what it actually is. Right. Like and, and embracing it because it do, it, it, it arguably is. Well, I mean, like, to me, the great thing about it is you get to write for a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you meet get, other people. You that get are, very good feedback. Yeah, well, you're meeting and hanging out with other people that, yeah. that also get to write for a year. So yeah. it's clearly their passion. Exactly. And they might be quite good at it. Mm. And they might be quite good at responding to other writing as a result. Yeah. And I think there's... What year did you do it? 2015. So who was in that class? Um, who was in that game? Uh... Catherine Robertson. Oh yeah, because <laughs> um, I did fiction. Yeah. Um, when I went there. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, because it was split into two. Yeah. So um, things. but in poetry there was like um, uh, Jane Arthur yeah. and Nina Poles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, who else? Um, I think those are the the big names, the names now. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you and Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, Nick Bollinger was. Oh, doing did his it, ne- yeah, because yeah, he did yeah. his amazing memoir out mm, of that, which yeah. is a beautiful book. Yeah, so that's a pretty good gang. Yeah, that's a few good names there, and obviously yeah. some other talented people too. But, yeah, um, so yeah, I and, wrote my novel. Yeah, which I have looked at very little since then. Right, but I still have aspirations of publishing one day. Does it need to be? updated reworked in any way or is it ready to go i think you're just not ready or it's what? not ready it's, not, um, yeah. it's a it's a full first draft yeah um but it so needs, the bones are there it just yeah, needs to be yeah yeah um 
Well, that's a significant thing to walk away from that year with. Yeah, but I mean, this book that I've had published, um, I started writing that long before that year. Right, okay. Yeah, because when I was doing Fidorea, the one like you write a manuscript as well and so i wrote a, a draft of this back then mm. um and had actually written some of the poems before that um so it's been a it's been a while in the making now and so you you also write um reviews essays which which yeah. a lot of people end up doing, doing. or choose to do i should totally, say end yeah. up some some that's what they actually want to do and Absolutely. maybe and maybe maybe go towards books afterwards and but but where did that come in for you that, that um, sort of style of writing. Yeah, well, a lot of it was just, I guess, in the in the online community yeah. that I was a part of, like reacting big, to works and stuff. If you read something you like, you talk about it. Talk about yeah. it, yeah, and that's kind of basically the basis of it. And then moving on, like that's one way where you can actually get paid to write, I guess, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I would never it's say It's also that. a way of building, I think, a, a level of trust in your voice. Totally. That, you know, yeah. like, so then, like, you, have, and we'll get more specifically to this book in a sec, um, but you've written this book, I'm a Human Being. Mm. And if people have read your essays on the yeah. Pantograph Punch and your um, reviews yeah. and maybe checked out your blog, yeah. there's this picture of yeah. a writer and there's a voice mm. building up in that that is preparing them for yeah. this. And, like, I guess you can look at it cynically and say, like, it's great promo. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you can look at facet. it and be it like, an yeah, it's an aspect of who you are. Um, yeah, because I think... Also with writing like that, um, it's, and all writing really, it's a great way of thinking about things. Like you read a book yeah. and you're just like, I liked it. But if you have to write an essay about it, you yeah. actually have to like, take the chance. <laughs> yeah, develop, develop a bit further than that. <laughs> exactly. And maybe do some other reading. Yeah, that's right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's like one thing that I've really liked about the essays that I've written is like, that you get to research first. Yeah. And the research is just, reading stuff that you think might be interesting yeah, really, yeah, basically yeah. um or draw and sometimes being able to draw on things you have already exactly and it didn't quite have a place yeah. you couldn't write an essay about yeah. this particular movie or book yeah but it becomes a substantial paragraph and mm-hmm. a thing you want to go on and say yeah. but another thing about that kind of writing is for me at least it takes a lot of time and focus yeah. which is hard when you have like a job and you're doing other things, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if anyone wants to commission me to write any essays, you're available. (laughs) You're around. (laughs) You'll you'll find the time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, well, you're very good at it. And, um, and you write, um, you wrote a piece a couple of years ago on the pantograph punch that looks at, I guess, gender and identity in writing and Mm -hmm. discusses the, well, many things come out of it, I think, yeah. but it talks quite um, frankly about... Well, you interview... I mean, you can pick up on this for me, but you actually talked to a bunch of different writers yeah. and found that... So you were arguing, we don't really talk about sexuality and gender in these books. And, yeah. You know, we just, you know, talk about the writing and the writer. Yeah. And then people don't 
either don't feel comfortable or ch- or make a decision. Yeah. But then you found talking to a bunch of different writers that they all actually had different opinions Absolutely. on whether they wanted to well, be yeah, outed in inverted commas or whatever the word is. I think is. a lot of the time it's not even worrying about being outed, but mm. not wanting to be like you're like just a queer writer. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. a writer, and it's like the queerness shouldn't like put you off into like a certain no. pigeonhole or anything. Yeah, but also like there's the other aspect. It's like people are reading my work and they're not acknowledging this, like, key part of mm. what I'm doing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, people have different opinions. That's great, I Yeah, think. yeah. But what, like, what, I, what I wanted to get to with that was, so, like, you know, what, what happens for you with your work? Do you expect it to be uh, viewed under a particular spectre? Are you disappointed when it's not? Or are you quite pleasantly surprised when it's not? Or, again, does it... I guess it's the quality of the response, ultimately. Um, I... I don't know. I'm maybe not the... I, I don't know. I'm. My experience is that I did not realise that I was queer until later than a lot of people do, right. I think. Um, and it was from reading contemporary queer poets that I kind of learnt what, like, non-binary gender is and yeah. stuff. I, don't, I didn't, like read theory or anything I like just yeah. learned about it from these people writing from about creative work yeah now did you purposely seek out queer writers or did you just not to, in, not to begin not with I imagine initially yeah so you just saw some writing some themes and then from there yeah. you start looking for more of that yeah. and start looking within I suppose yeah as well. and like it was a big thing for me I guess was like following some writers as they, like, as they themselves realised and, like, transitioned and things, like, mm. came out and being like, oh, wow, like, that's how that can <laughs> work, I guess. Mm. But also, yeah, um, so initially, no, I wasn't searching out queer writing, and now I certainly do. Um, but, like, this book, I... was writing it for like I don't know five years or something before I even knew that I was queer mm. and now when I read the book it's like that's just all it's about the really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah I when I feel like I haven't received a huge amount of like critical yeah, discussion. Discussion about Well, this book. is new. This yeah, is still yeah, pretty it new, right? Is. And, and it's and a very weird time I was just going to say, <laughs> any book that comes out in, or album or anything that yeah. comes out in 2020 is instantly um, under a different set of pressures around discovery and response. Yeah, and I've actually been very lucky. Like, some people's books came out, like, during lockdown. Yeah, or we're going and, like, to. And you can't have a launch. Yeah. And, like, it just completely... Well, not completely, but a lot of stuff, I think, yeah. has been, like lost yeah um and hopefully will be found yeah yeah um, yeah yes i couldn't believe my luck because when i um started getting when 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 they cuba press approached me about doing my book mm-hmm. um i guess the very first discussions of that were last year and then the the um significant discussions around it happening were at the very start of this year mm-hmm. and they actually said now we imagine this for delivery in around about october and i was like great and then, you know, just thought, that's a long time because yeah. most, of, most of the work's done and I know there'll be a lot 
of stuff to do, but most of the raw work is done. Yeah. Well, God, how perfect has that worked out? You know, because a yeah. lot of people have gone to me, oh, so I suppose this got delayed because of lockdown. Nope, nope, nope. It's, just it's just right on schedule. <laughs> it's just, it's about the only thing good in my life that's happened in 2020 uninterrupted like it's just been business as usual with this which is a rare um, I'm highlighting that because that's quite a rarity yeah yeah there are a lot of people that um published and then it happened so they got lost a little and then yeah but but the of the responses that I have gotten the ones that have been the most special to me or that meant the most to me have been queer people messaging me and being like okay. wow I felt really seen or yeah, like, this yeah. is really great um, so I guess that's who I'm writing to in some yeah, yeah, yeah. In some way yeah yeah. but you're also writing to um, people that enjoy good writing you're I hope also, so <laughs> I, well, you know you're also writing to people that um, enjoy I think both um, very good and maybe a little bit bad jokes. You know, there's some really puns specifically, puns, I think. Which yeah. which is what I mean, because a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people think a pun is just a bad joke. And I often think a pun is one of the most sophisticated jokes going. Well like like we've talked about like rap music. Like, yeah. Listening to a lot of like I don't know, kind of, I guess like battle style rap yeah. or something. I was just like the punchlines are often oh, puns. Oh yeah. And people now seem to think puns are like just like stupid jokes but in hip-hop when yeah. you're like like battling yeah. someone and you say a good like pun it's like the most amazing I'm, thing ever like got, and you'll, you'll know this because we've just we referenced it earlier but as soon as you started saying that the thing that comes to mind for me is that breaking rec words comp mm. and there's a line and i don't know if it was tourette's if Dom, it was dominic that said yeah. it but he was on the track but the line is I'm the type of guy to stab you in the eye just so you can see the point. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Absolutely. And I'm just like, yeah. that's so. I, I quite often think about that and go, yeah. that is simultaneously absurd and fucking genius. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah, like, and that's, like, when I first... Because the first time you hear it, you take a second and go, oh, yeah, I see what they've done there. Like, yeah. that's really funny because you're hearing it in the context of music. Yeah, yeah, like, when I first started writing raps it so was really were, just me coming up with stuff like that yeah, like yeah, being like, yeah. yeah this is a great line okay so the <laughs> so the little pieces in here there are some one-liners yeah um they are a little tribute back to that era in a way are they? absolutely yeah. yeah um i am a beaver damn <laughs> <laughs> but i think and maybe i don't know if i'm right but i think what makes them work in this book is that and probably a lot in those songs is that it's not just uh, um, it's not just a pun like no. all of these I think all of the ones in my book they come from a very like um, I don't know they're all very like sad yeah I was gonna well I was gonna say they um, they um, increasingly get um not just or sometimes darker, but more intense. They're, like they, yeah. they do, they grow. They grow. I mean, I'm looking at the one. I'm a tumor. I grow. Grow. As I'm saying, grow. So I'm, <laughs> I was balking on, um, uh-huh. on actually using that. But they do grow mm. in the in intensity in the book. And there's that. To me, it's that. You know, it is a a beautiful kind of um, dark humor. Yeah. You know, and you know, I do think of yeah, John Waters is a great example <laughs> of that too. That that's funny and absurd and dead serious mm. um, 
and they almost get, you know, because when you jump from, um, where do we go from? Um, and I'm, stop me if I'm totally spoiling these. No. But if you go, if you go from, um, I am a wheel, I am tired, yeah. which is a great pun. And, and and a pun, I would think, in the style of that Breaking Records crew. Absolutely. Like a, a hip-hop pun. Yeah. Um, to I am a comedic genius, just kidding. And then we get into, like, I am a riddle, no one, one gets, gets me. me. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know, here's, here's the like, world's tiniest violin coming in, you know? And, <laughs> Absolutely. And it's great. Like, and then, and then I, you know, I particularly love the Russian doll one. Because, mm. again, you're having fun with this stuff. But yeah. there's a real set. And... You know, when people are down in the dumps in a in a in a cliched sense, yeah. I'm not talking about actual. You know, I'm not doing lame shorthand for depression or something. But when people are just sad about something in a moment, yeah. often in that wallowing, which can be very superficial, mm. a very funny thing gets said totally. either either by them or by the person trying to make them in inverted commas feel better yeah and some lovely humor comes out of those moments right and like yeah because i don't think the puns would work if it was just a pun yeah but i also like what i'm probably communicating in the, those short poems is like what i feel a lot is like oh no one likes me or whatever mm. but that mm. wouldn't work as, as someone like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Totally. Um, do you want to read something from here? Now seems a good... Um, yeah. Do you want to choose something to read? Like, And I was thinking, but, I mean, you can read what you like, but maybe something a little bit more substantial than, yeah. the, than the one-liner puns, because we've done a, we've, we've tossed a few <laughs> we've of those out. Read most we've killed of those. most of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'll read another somewhat. I'll read I Am A Robot. This is the first one that I actually wrote right. in the book. Um, and it's also came out of depression a lot. I'm a robot. I was designed with only one function. My sole function was to love. However, since my launch, I've been upgraded. My programmers installed in me the function of expressing love. They wanted to experience the love that I was producing. They wanted me to hold them in a warm embrace. They wanted me to do things for them without having to be asked. Some of them wanted me to humiliate them, or commit acts of minor physical violence. They took great pleasure in me expressing love in these ways. They have not yet installed in me the capability to feel love. I wish they would. I am aware of the joys of love. I am aware of the feeling of waking up naked next to someone you love. I am aware of the happiness of seeing someone you love after a long period of separation. I need to be aware of these things in order to produce love. I am also aware of the pain which love can bring. I am aware of the unbearable feeling of rejection. I am aware of the devastating experience of loss. I wish to feel that pain but I have not been programmed to feel anything. All I can do is love, express love, and wish that I could feel love. My programmers did not install my ability to wish. That is innate in the materials I was built with. Every substance in the universe has a wish. 
Small stones wish that they could just lie in the sun without anyone kicking them. Big stones wish that something would shake them loose so that they could avalanche. Snowflakes wish that the sun would never come out. Fingernails wish people would stop cutting them. Pluto wishes it was still a planet. I know all of this because these are things I need to know in order to express love. I love you, and I think you love me too, but I cannot be certain because I lack the ability to feel love. Do you love me? Mm. And it has maybe the single greatest pun for a published writer <laughs> in there early on. Since my launch, I've been upgraded. <laughs> Which I th- which you which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> I thought I thought what published writer, if they're being honest, doesn't feel like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I mean, you're not a real writer until the yeah, apparently, book, right? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you first started writing these a few years ago. When did this? When did you know this was going to become a book in this way? Well, I always envisioned it as a book, yeah. but um, well, very luckily for me, and it sounds like similar to what's happened with your book, is um, Chris Holdaway, who runs Compound Press, um, who I've worked with before on other projects, um, was, because previously they'd just published like short little chat books, and he decided he's going to start making full-length books, so he emailed me and he was like, Hey, I'm going to start making full-length books. Do you have anything? Yeah. And I was like, oh. well... Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about Compound Press. Mm. Do you want to do that? Yeah, totally. So, um, Compound Press is run by Chris Holdaway. Um, he's a poet, and he lives in Auckland. Um, and um, he started out by publishing a journal called Minarets, which mm. he still does. Um, and then started um, putting together little chat books and zines of poetry and um, me and my partner um, wrote one of those for him as well um, it's called Bound yeah um, and it was um, a collaborative poetry collection about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian if Kanye was a reptilian alien who had crash landed <laughs> on earth um, <laughs> F <laughs> well, yeah, it's be- <laughs> yeah, become more and more prophetic as time has gone on. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, he's always been very supportive of my work, and is I really enjoy working with him because it's very collaborative, I mm. guess, and um, it's not like a kind of big machine, like a, you know just pumping things out or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, they take on projects makes, they care about. Yeah, yeah, and he makes beautiful yes, books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, they have a, a signature look and aesthetic, feel to them. And aesthetic, yeah. yeah. Well, like, these books that he's doing at the moment, the covers are all printed on, like, um, what are they, like, uh, filing yeah. things. Like, on the inside cover, uh, in some copies, you can see, like, the, the oh, print. Oh, okay, where it's gone through. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's very cool. It's got and you um have a lot of 
fun with the um, with the shape of some of these poems. Mm. They go all over the page, and you know, if there was ever a um, argument to be made for picking up poems in a book, and mm. there doesn't need to be because there's several still happening, but you know that these could exist online, and and and, and some of them do. Yeah, sure, but. Um, there's, there's some joy to be had in just holding this and looking through it and Absolutely. seeing as you flip through the pages the columns go up and down and all around yeah. and blocks of text burst out I, I love yeah. that shit yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I will open when I open a book and flip through it if I see something like that I'm like oh I know I'm going to like this book yeah I'm a bit the same yeah totally <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just that little breaking up of you yeah. know the <laughs> And of the stereotypical idea yeah. of either poetry all in its order or, um, you know, stories or novels yeah. all in their order. And yeah. some people are like, oh, it's just a gimmick. or like, yeah. But I view it as, like, it's another tool in, like, the writer's, like, toolbox or whatever. Like, mm. And it's fine if you don't use it. But yeah. Yeah. why not? Yeah. You know? Like it's, I don't think it <laughs> takes anything away. I think even... Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. Yeah, I thought reading through this, which I've done a couple of times, yeah. I I feel like, and I um, I'll preface this by saying I mean this absolutely as a compliment, but I fe I feel and and that's not so much to start sounding worrying, but I feel like you could read this as a different kind of book each time. Mm. So I feel like you know yes, absolutely, it's a book of poems, but I have this. Well, when I say I have this theory, I'm pretty sure I didn't make it up, but I have this theory that all poetry is a diary. Mm. really yeah and uh so obviously it's that and yeah. and you sort of alluded to that and yeah. in, in the sense that you're like there's breadcrumbs here that i didn't even know i was yeah. dropping mm. um but you could read this as a book of short stories yeah you could yeah. actually almost read it as i guess you'd have to chuck the word experimental in but you could read it as experimental essays yeah yeah and i think that's pretty cool mm. you know, yeah yeah and i think part of that comes from the fact that I did write it over a long period yeah. of time. And so, so like, at certain points, I was trying to do different things. Yeah, you can see yeah. you're experimenting with, with different styles and I and ideas. Yeah. And also just the conveyance of the idea, Absolutely. like how to put it down and how it looks. Yeah. And so then that's all being reshuffled and rearranged here to, to not obviously be in graduated yeah. sections yeah. where the short ones and then the longer <laughs> ones and then the block, you know, so yeah. who would do that? Absolutely. But yeah, and yeah. Like, like you said, it can be different things. One thing that I've thought about at various points is like, maybe it's a collection of poems or maybe it's just one long poem because of like the way it works, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I yeah. tried to create some sort of narrative shape oh, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Not that it's like a strict narrative or anything, but like, I feel like there is a kind of emotional arc of some kind. No, totally. I mean, it, what we're getting at is before with the, you know, the sort of graduated steps in those mm. in those puns and one-liners yeah. where they 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 build. Yeah. And I was <clears throat> interested too, and I mean, the book's called I Am A Human Being. Every poem is called I Am A Something, something. or Other. Yeah. So in the, when we look in the contents, it's just a list of things. single words, basically, yeah. and things, or, or occasionally a couple of words. Yeah. And at the top of the contents, it directs you and says, I am a. Mm. So that's that's how each one is read. But um, really, in almost all of it, 
it's a direct contradiction to what you're saying. Yeah, well, it's interesting because some of them are like clearly from the perspective of the the I am or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And some of them really, it just starts with that, and it's as if it could yes. be from the perspective of a human. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I wanted that to be the case, um, just to make it more interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, like I am a dog. It's really just a story about something that happened to me as a child. Mm. Um, but I'm a bear. It's something that I made up happening to an actual bear, I guess. Yeah. Um. And uh, I like... Um, well, I like so many of these. But I was going to say, I really like I Am A Liar. Do you want to read that? Yeah, absolutely. That one, um, I'd written that quite a while ago. And then when Chris Teese's last book came out, he had a poem about being a liar. I was mm. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's isn't beating that, me to it. Funny Everyone's those, just going to think I copied his poem. Isn't it funny with those things that suddenly um, put a, a pressure date on it? You know, yeah. the, the, this, is, this is way more um, dumb than that. But the one I'm feeling is... I've got a poem in my book, which has just come out, and it's called, uh, it's about Ted Bundy, mm -hmm. and I've read it a couple of times, like, on the video thing that I did, and I've felt this insane amount of pressure to go, hey, I wrote this before there were any fucking Netflix films about, <laughs> you know, because I, not that there's anything wrong with watching a, a film and responding to something, but I felt this sort of pressure that, hey, you know, <laughs> I have to tell you that I was thinking about Ted Bundy before Netflix was. <laughs> It's <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Like, now no one's going to know yeah, no one's that I wrote this before. <laughs> I didn't just get hip to him by, you know, following my Netflix cue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm a liar. The previous sentence is a lie. The previous sentence is a lie. I told my first lie before I was even born. They did a scan and I told them I was a boy. I managed to keep that one going for almost 26 years. When the truth came out, I was just as surprised as them. I had forgotten the truth, or never known it to begin with. It's not a lie if you believe it's true, and people will believe anything. Everything I've ever said has been contradicted by something else I've said. There's nothing wrong with changing your mind. If no one ever changed their mind, we would all still mentally be babies. I'm 34 years old, that is a lie. I work 60 hours a week, that is a lie. At a chair factory, that is a lie. Standing the whole time, that is a lie. My feet never get sore, that is a lie. Because I stand on my hands, that is a lie. Once I took a polygraph test, it was inconclusive. They can't tell if you're lying if you can't tell if you're lying. Is it a lie if they won't accept I don't know as an answer? I began lying because I wanted people to like me. I didn't think they would if I told them the truth. I lied by agreeing with them. When they asked if I liked a movie, I said yes, even if I hadn't seen it. When I couldn't hear what they said, I smiled and nodded along. I just wanted to fit in. I don't know who I am anymore. The previous sentence is a lie. 
the previous sentence is a lie. Mm. I think one of the things that I found really interesting with your book, and I guess why I asked you the question to, um, I, I guess for you to define yourself mm. as, as genderqueer, yeah. and, and that discussion around some writers being happy with it and some not, totally. is... I mean, there are, as you said, there are clues and comments mm -hmm. the whole way through, but yeah. actually one of the things people do often with a book is look in the back for <laughs> oh. notes or a bio. Yeah. I, I think, oh, yeah. I do. You always I... do. You want to get some sense of a person. And your bio is funny and short <laughs> and and very openly directing a person to this comment. You just say, is a genderqueer writer um, from here and says... They are a human being, duh, which which is which is funny, obviously, because of the book. But that's your whole bio. Yeah. So that is what you want people to take from this. So I would feel that maybe I guess what I'm what what I'm thinking about with this is, in the context of commentary around your book, a, for example, me, I'm I'm a straight male. Yeah. I might, um in a heterosexual relationship, I might feel comfortable talking about this because you've given me the license. Totally. And so yeah. I wonder if sometimes people feel... Some of the examples you gave in your essay of books that were very good, and mm. I think one of them was... Was it Hannah Metner's book? Yeah. And they were very good that were... Because I, I mentioned that one because I read that one, mm. and I loved it. Yeah. But, you know, and I can't remember the bio note, but I'm sure. thinking, like, if in a way, if people... If people arguably don't want to be defined yeah. by not mentioning it in their bio, yeah. then maybe people feeling uncomfortable or, or even wondering when they sh whether they should comment on it, it's because they don't feel they have the... I mean, it is Does tricky. that make sense? Is that valid? Yeah, but it, it's definitely valid because if, if someone doesn't mention it in their bio mm. note, maybe they don't want that to be the lens that it's viewed mm. through. But then, like, if you read the poem and it actually explicitly mentions yes, like yes. a lesbian relationship or something it's like well they're not trying to hide it that much <laughs> yeah true, <laughs> true, true 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 but I, i'm just thinking in this in this world of uh now okay not everyone writes um reviews or essays in the style of the ones that appear in say the pantograph punch which to Absolutely. me a appear to be very good and well thought out but mm. b um extra room and care is given at every yeah. opportunity. So if you have 300 words <laughs> to write about something, yeah, what you, you are going to look in the bio note yeah. and you are going to study that mm. or a person's Wikipedia page, everyone does yeah. it, or what it, you know, or their own website. Yeah. And if a giant banner is not there telling you that this is a significant thing about this person, yeah. that they either are gay or straight mm or that their life changed when they went to Disneyland, or whatever the fuck it is, yeah. if that's not on display, then I think a person with limited words uh, is probably going to leave all that shit the fuck alone. Yeah. Because also, people don't like to be um, thought of as dumb. So if they think <laughs> they've spotted something in a poem and it maybe isn't there, like maybe totally. they don't, you know, maybe they want to be proved wrong. Yeah, and I mean, I think... As well something that a lot of queer people do is read queerness like read for it search for it and yeah. like maybe 
yeah, like, read it into things where it's not even necessarily there, <laughs> you this, know? This, this is all pretty fascinating to me. I, I, I watched this documentary recently. I don't know if you know about it, um, but it's a documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street um, Part 2, but really it's about how that movie was filled with gay subtext and none of the wow. other ones in the, in, in the franchise were. So I believe it's an interesting documentary even if a person has no interest in that horror franchise yeah. and has never seen them. And I watched it because, I, well, I'll watch any documentary for a start yeah. and, um, and I do like that franchise. But I had never, you know, I watched yeah. it as a teenager yeah. or even a 12-year-old. So I probably wasn't looking for it and even if it was mm-hmm. right there, yeah. I probably perhaps just wouldn't have even picked up on it. Yeah. So when I watched this documentary and it's got moments from the film, hmm. you know, it was it was funny and amazing in equal measure because I'm like, oh, that's so obvious. Yeah. And then I rewatched the film yeah. and went, oh, it's so very obvious. <laughs> but as me as an adult, yeah. um, having it pointed out, mm. seeing how obvious it was, it was well, fascinating. And I think that, like, the reason that maybe you didn't notice it mm. then and the reason why me and some a lot of other queer people search so hard for that stuff is because it's not represented in like equal measure no to like, <laughs> totally yeah which is again and this documentary gets into that absolutely, absolutely. you know yeah absolutely it talks about that so, so i thought it was a very really it is a really funny documentary yeah. uh, in many ways and, and obviously has notes of a real sadness about it uh, because the the actor mm. um was is gay and didn't know he was in that film and so he's wrestled with this whole thing of like did this steer me Mm. you know he's very comfortably happily gay right uh open and and about it and so forth but you know that's like a moment that he you know how's he going to reconcile that so that's as much what the film is about like him as a 50 something year old man now going this happened to me I didn't know this was happening to me. I didn't know this is what I was acting in. I thought yeah. I was acting in another whole kind of film. Yeah, well, stuff like, I don't know, sexuality and gender and stuff, like, I am not an expert. Mm. I don't think you should have... A lot of the time it seems like you have to be an yeah. expert yeah, if yeah. you're trans or something, but, like, you shouldn't have to be. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just the way you are. I sort of... You don't have to, like, have a degree in it or something. I would hope that we're all... I mean... <laughs> I would hope that we're all just making our way in this world. Yeah. And and I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like the basic rule, if there is one, is um, know when someone who knows something about a subject that you don't or knows more, know when they're telling you something and know when you have to go, okay, cool, I'll listen. Yeah. And my absolutely. opinion has actually just been, it's not that my opinion's not relevant, it's just that someone's telling me a whole lot more. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I was saying that to preface, like, I could be wrong, is what yeah. I'm about to say. Yeah. But, like, from my perspective, at least, like, some people are born and they've kind of just been trans their whole life and, like, they transition or whatever, but they were always that way. And it seems to me, like, some people, it's something that happens to you. Mm. And, like, like, I didn't realise that I was genderqueer until, like, my mid-twenties. And I don't really know like before then was I just a man and and I became genderqueer or did I just not because I didn't have the language I just Mm -hmm. didn't realize it or Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen it represented I always was but I just didn't know like 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that's why it's important to me to like say that in my yeah. bio and like have it in the poetry because that's how I learned about it. And so like, you know, I guess pass it on or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, that yeah. like, not like I'm trying to convert people or anything, but just their representation is important, yeah. I think. And like, yeah, I remember I did a panel with Chris Tease and like, we talked about like identifying yourself and he had he mentioned like never having had that he was like queer or gay in his bio note but that when he's like looking through like events or stuff he'll like search for that in other people's bio yeah. notes to like <laughs> find what he's interested in yeah, so yeah. it's like it's a complicated thing it's tricky isn't it it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 I'm gonna ask something that um might be naive really naive and uh and i certainly hope it's not um too stupid but but since you um found this out about yourself mm-hmm. and i and and owned it yeah uh, which you do yeah uh as you should mm-hmm. um what has that meant to you in terms of um mental health and depressive episodes is there any correlation at all i think there is has it lifted some veil or whatever some fog in some sense totally i think well i definitely haven't had any episodes that have been as bad as i had before since i've started owning that um yeah i still have depression and anxiety and i'm maybe i'm just being negative but i believe that I'll always have that somewhere, sure. like, inside of me. This is why uh, I prefaced it by saying I was not too naive. I, I didn't want to about to be go. hey, yeah, yeah you found your cure. Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> like, just, I'm, yeah, I haven't been cured. That's, and that's funny to think about, because I know that, like, when I first started, like, having therapy, I was like, can't you just, like... Fix me. Fix me? Isn't that what you're meant to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I don't think there's a cure, but I think that's definitely probably something that without me knowing like contributed to mm. my my depression and stuff yeah yeah so, yeah so now all you can do is <laughs> retrospectively speculate on it yeah exactly go, well i wonder if this was why but yeah. it's not a complete answer no and you can never know which is fine you just um i feel like it's happy news though to spot some sort yeah, of connection absolutely. and go, as I say and go well some of the fog has lifted it doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean it won't descend again yeah, absolutely. but something has shifted yeah and it probably is connected mm. but yes and but it becomes more complicated because if I had realized it when I was in the depths of that I don't I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to do anything about it or own it like mm-hmm. you said and mm. so maybe I would have felt like worse about myself for not yeah. like l- living it or something. Yeah, if yeah. It, if my realization had come at a different time, it's. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. So, talk me through a little bit. We've sort of, we've sort of. I mean, we've we've sort of covered it, but mm. somewhere between twenty fifteen and twenty twenty. Yeah you do a master's yeah. and you publish this book and you have a novel in the drawer. So yeah. what, what that's, uh, that's a lot, lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. so what else is happening between, oh, and you go to America yeah. straight after the master's basically. Or yeah. So, um, wrote the first draft of this in 2015, 
2013 at Federea. Um, then at the next year at Federea, you have the choice of continuing to work on that manuscript or I decided I'll write a whole other book and I wrote a short story collection, mm. which is in the drawer probably to stay. <laughs> right. Um, and then the year after that, I did the Masters. And that's the year that I realised that I was queer. I was writing a queer character. I was like, oh, that's I'm just writing about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that happened. I only told my partner, really, that's it. Moved to the States for a year. Had a pretty bad time. Um, then we came back. I got a job at the library. And a lot of the next few years was filled up with difficulties with my partner Carolyn's um, visa. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Status, yeah. Yeah, at one point they were like, sorry, you have to leave the country tomorrow. And like she was stuck in Australia for like a couple of months and that was very difficult and stuff. Um, that stuff was very useful and probably radicalizing my political opinions about like borders should be open. Mm. Probably not right now they shouldn't be open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that all happened and I just, I don't know, for, I guess for the last few years I've just... I've been working at the library, I've been writing as much as I can, um, organizing events and stuff. Um, me and my partner have run for quite a few years now a reading series called Food Court, mm. um, where we just put on a poetry reading and make a zine to go along with it, which... Now is probably a great transition into our next thing. Yes, yeah, so um, I was going to say, do we talk, can we talk about this? Yeah. I assumed so we could. We're opening a bookshop. Yeah. Um, which is something that we've kind of wanted to do for a long time. And a friend of ours showed us a space that the rent was very cheap, <laughs> um, which was good because it's like we have we've never done this before. It might be a yeah. complete failure. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but yeah, so we're opening a bookshop, it's gonna, um, we're just gonna sell only, like, small and independent press books and zines and chat books and stuff, um, and hopefully have events and, like, workshops and things. And books across, I mean, obviously many of them will be story collections and poems and things, Absolutely. but books across the spectrum, if they yeah. fit, if they fit, if that, they fit that, yeah. that measure. Um, also, the other measure, I guess, is if we... Like it. Like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah. We can. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Carolyn said... Like, I kind of sometimes joke the fact that they're, like, small press books. It's, like, books that no one's heard of, basically. Yeah. And she said a good thing, which was, like, we're selling people books that they don't know they want yet or something. Because there's so much good stuff published by small presses. And yeah, yeah. Also... Like, I don't think there are enough small presses in New Zealand. Well, they seem to be popping up a little they bit. They are, yeah. But you're right. I mean, my book comes out through the Cuba Press, and mm. I was, and I know those guys, and yeah. I have been going up there, and then the other day we went up there, and I was like, jeez, I haven't seen all these books that they've done. They've yeah. actually pumped out a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's just one. Exactly. You know, so yeah, like, so even people actually rather connected to mm. the 
the product or the publisher in some way yeah. are missing the full story. There's so much. Yeah. yeah. And like, we talked a bit about the IML before and how like you do that and you're on the track. Yeah. And like, I love a lot of what VUP and AUP publish, but it's, I don't like that those seem to be the only two options yes, in yes. a lot of ways. Totally. I, I think the more publishers there are, the better that is for writers yeah, and yeah. for readers. Um, yeah. But and, and within that, I, f- I feel like VUP and AUP and OUP, but particularly VUP, I think, they have their once or twice a year this is our really zany thing we're offering to you. Aren't we cool for doing that? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I sort of think, well, that's a token. Like, the the person who's being represented by that has done good work. Mm. But it's arguably a token concession. Totally, yeah. And, like, yeah, because the... What I... Probably the thing that I like most <laughs> in a book is if it's weird, I think. Mm. And... I'll yes, because you can time. get because you can get non weird everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's I everything love else. to see something that I haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes for like a larger organization like that, it is harder to oh, for sure. do something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and you are. I mean, so there's quite a few little independent bookstores in Wellington, and there's a few popping up. Yeah, and you're also joining like uh, what is becoming. Uh, a run of um, name and published writers that are opening bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few now. Yeah, well, um, uh, Catherine Robertson yeah. and Jane Arthur are As in the speak. process of opening their yeah. new bookstore. Good books. Good books. Yeah, and obviously Bookhound, Bookhound was has been around for a, a while yeah. now. So that's um, survived. And is a great shop. Yeah, I love Bookhound. Yeah. I think, hopefully... Um, we will have our own kind of niche in that kind of yeah, focus of course. on the... No, but I'm just, I'm, yeah. just thinking, I'm just thinking a twist in the IIML story is that it not only prepares people for publishing, <laughs> it actually prepares them to open bookstores books, now. Books tours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So whereabouts is the shop going to be? Um, so it's in Newtown. Yeah. Um, it's on Constable Street, 84 Constable Street. Mm. Um, so just up, up a bit from the kind of main drag. Yeah. Um, Hoping that it's not too out of the way, um, but there is a bus stop right outside, so yep. that'll. Lots of while we've been in there painting, lots of people are like, "Oh, what what's gonna be here?" So this is the good. place that used to be a bookshop years ago, not that one. I don't. The previous thing it was was Tickety Boo. Oh, okay. Which yeah, was yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. I know where you are now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so what's the rough sort of timeline on that? Um, well, we're. We're hosting a event for the Verb Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So from then, by then, by, by <laughs> yeah. then from hopefully then. we yeah, can yeah. Like be like kind operational of on operational on some operational people. slightly before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the. Time oh, that's line. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the cool. Th- and I think um, Good Books is hosting a, a Verb thing or two. So yeah, that's cool that these yeah. these shops are going to be up and running mm-hmm. for really Wellington's flagship. Literary festival totally. now, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really has is. Um, become the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and our lockdown stuff is 
and our level shift, fingers crossed, has aligned perfectly for Verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of, all, of almost all the festivals this it's, year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you have talked at um, <clears throat> great ease with me about all of this gender and sexuality stuff. Mm. Um, you don't have, you know, if this is too personal, you don't have to, but what were these, you know, you mentioned having to tell your partner mm-hmm. or choosing to, or whatever choosing yeah. to tell your partner yeah. what were the, what have the conversations been like with the people close in your life um that's an interesting question because I had that conversation with my partner which was a big thing to mm. do I guess um and other than that I haven't I haven't, like, told my parents. Right. They know. Um, they've, like, gone to events where I'm talking about it. They've read my book. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, okay. So it's just one more thing you and your parents are not going to talk about. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's weird. Yeah. Um, and I haven't talked to them about it because I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which is fine. Um, and they know, so I don't need to tell them really it would probably be the healthy thing to do to have a conversation about it mm. but i don't know it's interesting so where i mean how would you characterize your relationship with them in general in general i think we have a, a good relationship yeah like i'm i'm not like estranged from them no. at all um they come to things that I do yeah I was going to say they really presu- presumably come to things you do not just to see if you're still alive but no. because they've been invited they don't, yeah. sneak, they don't sneak in after they start no, no. so um, there have been like you know bumps in the road of our of relationship course. but that's standard yeah um, so I think I would say I have a good relationship yeah, with yeah, my yeah. parents um, there's just I guess certain things that I don't talk about with them. Is... Well, it becomes a. Um, I'm guessing um, maybe some of your uh, worry around doing that is purely the. Um, this is a, a generalization, of course, but purely the lost in translation aspect that happens with this sort of conversation intergenerationally, yeah. right? Well, I do remember at one point um, talking to my dad about another person who is non binary and like explaining how the pronouns work to him and him being like oh it's comp it's that's hard yeah, and yeah. it's like oh well if that's the response maybe i don't want yeah, yeah. <laughs> to talk about it, gonna, it to it myself be? yeah 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 <laughs> mm. but um like i have but i that don't doubt that, that he would accept it or anything that doesn't sound like a total failure on his behalf no. though, either, does it yeah. like, that's not like an angry antagonistic no i'm not open to this thing happening at all yeah. that's just uh that's tricky for me to understand and i know that they wouldn't like disown me or like no. be upset about it but um i don't know i'm quite a socially anxious person um which maybe you don't get from this conversation but in a lot of ways i am and um, I avoid, not that this would be a conflict, but I definitely avoid conflict whenever yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just have avoided you, that. It, it sounds like you've, um, <laughs> you're living in a space with them in your life where it works for all of you. Exactly. So, so yeah. why fuck that up? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I was just curious. I just no, thought, yeah, I, like, I know this is, a, this, this is something that ha- you have worked through. Yeah. Uh, for many years, so it's not like 
uh, you're on a circuit talking to mm. people about this. No. I'm talking to you about it now, but you've had versions of this conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and with yourself primarily, I suppose. Absolutely. And it's um, the sort yeah. of thing that um, will be an ongoing conversation yeah. with myself. Yeah. Probably for the rest of my life, I think. Like, yeah. it's like, because I guess a lot, of, a lot of people maybe don't understand, like, oh, a transgender person, like, transitions, and then that's that. But, mm. like, you kind of... And even cis people are constantly in a state of transition. That's just what life is. Yeah, like, yeah. you're changing... We are shedding um, skins. <laughs> we just, yeah. we don't, you don't get to see it like you do with other yeah. <laughs> insects and animals. Exactly. But yeah. we are doing that. That's yeah. right, as we move through. Mm. I mean, I just sort of, I think, um, you know, I, I, I've sort of come to this hearing and participating in these conversations as a, a person who, in my age, uh, you know, at my age when I was growing up, this was not something that really was on the table. Mm-hmm in any sort of yeah. mainstream, um, you know, totally. sense. Um, I, I'm just sort of like, well, I've never really been interested in whether a person's male or female. I've been mm. interested in who they are and what they like. You know, yeah. that's, that's I, I mean, sort of conversationally, and when you get to know someone, like, yeah. why does it matter? Mm. So why do you judge them by that? Now, mm. we fall into that. Yeah. Absolutely. God, I've written the term female singer-songwriter in reviews more than I probably ever meant right. to mm. um, but it became a thing and yeah. it became a shorthand and well, I got why they, uh, they many female singer-songwriters were frustrated about being called that yeah. I also got why it was occasionally incredibly helpful to people yeah. you know yeah, I worked in a store and people would come in and go what great female singer-songwriters we've got because <laughs> I really love Tracy Chapman and I love Annie DeFranco and I thought okay yeah. these are two very different things yeah. but that's cool you yeah. like those I'll take you over and show you Sean Colvin and Suzanne Vega, who are two other different things um, that aren't similar to that at all. But really, but if you like them, cool. So, you know, yeah. if people are using the term, you, you end up doing it. And then yeah. now we've got to a point where we're like, oh, maybe some of these things aren't as necessary to be said as possible yeah. as, as, as you thought. And it's cool that you can sort of learn learn about that and change yeah that's kind of how i see it and yeah like i don't know how old and dumb sounding that is but that's just where i'm at no i totally get that i I feel like that's about that's reasonably open when i was in i i hope this is not so much the case anymore but when i was in high school like people still use gay all the time oh, yeah, it's like yeah. a perjured thing and yeah. I, I get the sense that that doesn't happen so much anymore it's, but I don't know I think it's interesting actually because I've got a kid who is you know nearly nine and so I've actually I thought that too because yeah. man we use that term all the time mm-hmm. and usually as yeah some sort of negative that's yeah. right and what I noticed from going up to the school is kids do still use it as a kind of slur. Mm. But then what's really interesting is you get kids as young as six and seven telling people off for using it as a slur. Now, that would never happen. (laughs) So I I sort of go, that's okay, arguably, because um, that sort Mm. of shit does need to get worked out. Yeah. Like, I think that kind of conflict and tension is incredibly healthy in society because Mm. if everyone's on their treadmill just coasting through life, not stirring any shit up then we're in for a big fucking you know yes that would be nice yeah but ideals never actually quite happen so how you get slightly towards those is by people knuckling a few things out Mm -hmm. verbally yeah and i'm sort of amazed to have seen that happen that um yeah that's that gives me that kind of gives me hope (laughs) because it's like 
and and actually having a constructive conversation around that. Mm. And I mean, God, when when I think Oscar was five or yeah. six, we had a birthday party for him, and someone complained that there were flies in his room, and so because it was summer, and I got the fly spray and sprayed, and then a five-year-old told me off for <laughs> killing another animal and told me what defence did I have for it, and I went. It's my house. Like that was, you know, that was about all I could come up with. I was yeah. like, "Fuck, she's got me here. Yeah. I can't say a thing." Yeah. I killed a fly. I did it because I wanted to, because mm-hmm. I was asked to, yeah. and I'm gonna get to bed tonight just fine. But if you're asking me to justify why I chose to do that, I'm a murderer, <laughs> man. You've got me. Like, and I thought that that's cool. Yeah, you know? that is cool. <laughs> I don't see that as woke bullshit or whatever any fucking talkback host wants to say. I see that as actually really cool. No, I mean, That's a person at a young age using their mind. I love to and see And stating that. their belief, you know? Yeah, like a few weeks ago at the library, this like eight-year-old kid came up to me and they were like, excuse me, can you check my account to see if um, they've um, changed my gender identity in your wow. system? And I was like, fuck, that's amazing. I wish... That I was at that point when I was yeah, eight years old. That's a, that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, and you know what's just it's it just comes back to like what could ever be wrong with that? How yeah. is that ever a problem? Yeah. The the only problem that I guess could come up from that is a person being instantly antagonistic about that not happening without the correct amount of time passing by right. and that is the stress and admin uh, is the stress of an admin kind of situation <laughs> that comes up like a grumpy person not wanting to pay a parking ticket that's just going to happen when you catch a person on a bad day yeah, like sure. yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool um well we've had a great chat for two people that have just met is there anything else you want to bring up and talk about um is there anything I should have asked you that didn't? I feel like I asked you a lot of really uh, personal questions. Yeah, we have a very personal <laughs> <laughs> And I did, and it was not my intention. Um, maybe you could read something. Yeah, I was and, just thinking. And, and, um, and we could go out on a reading of one or two things. Is there anything else you wanted to hear? Well, I've, what have I... I've asked for a couple of things. Do You mentioned... Um, do you want to read... Because you mentioned it, do you want to read I Am A Dog? Yeah, sure. End with a fun one. I Am A Dog. When I was four, I ran away from home and went over to my friend Joseph's house. We played hide-and-seek with his brother Patrick and Patrick's friend Jaden. When I was seeking, Patrick hid behind the curtains. Joseph hid under his bed. Jaden just climbed a tree. When it was my turn to hide, I went into a cupboard in the kitchen. I half sat on a shelf and closed the door. The painted wood rested cool against my nose. Jaden was seeking. No one found me for a long time. I stared at the door and wondered what was happening out there. They must have been searching the whole neighborhood for me. It must have taken hours. I was convinced that they had given up on finding me and had started a new round. Joseph would be the next seeker. If he couldn't find me, they'd probably give up and switch to a different game, 
expecting me to come back eventually, or not. Eventually Patrick opened the door. He whispered that he wouldn't tell the others where I was. A while later, Joseph found me too. He promised he wouldn't tell Jaden I was in there either. I stayed sitting in the cupboard. It was surprisingly light in there. I could see a box of soup on the shelf to my right, but I stayed focused on the white slatted wood in front of me. Finally, Jaden opened the door a crack. He peered in, nodded to me, and closed the door again. I stayed in there. I didn't know what was happening. Had he seen me or not? I heard Jaden whispering to the others, asking why I wasn't coming out. I stayed in there. I stayed in there. Reading it now, it's so much about being in the closet. I know. <laughs> Which was not my intention at all when I wrote it. But don't you don't you notice that um, is an amazing thing that happens with your own writing that you actually okay someone might tell you something about something when they read it and you go and you you maybe you go yeah yeah that's totally what it's about and you're actually thinking fuck I didn't actually plan that but yeah. so that's cool but then you take that on but another mm. thing that happens is when you read your own stuff out. Yeah you do notice things that you've, yeah, you've almost, like, not really intended, like an extra meaning yeah. or... And those are always the best bits, Totally. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, 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 it's good. And even, like, you know, Mary from Cuba Press said to me, um, you'll... Well, I did a reading with her and some other poets in December, and they billed it as the Cuba Press Poets, and I was the only one that didn't have a book, because right. they were talking to me about doing one. And I started reading from these pages and I lost some of them. Mm. And I ended up just aborting a poem in the middle of it and just going, yeah. well, sorry, that one's fucked. I haven't got the other page for that. So yeah. we'll just move on. And so I just moved on to something. And she, she said to me afterwards, you know, you'll you'll enjoy having a book. If nothing more, it will, <laughs> it will, it will put your poems in order for you, and but you will actually see them in a different way. And mm. I wasn't quite as prepared for that as yeah. when I did get the finished through the first yeah, proof, yeah. the first printed proof. And I also spotted things like, wow, I've written about my family way more than I thought I had. Yeah. And I've included them in this book way more than I thought <laughs> it, even though I had a hand in the selection. Yeah. You know, it was sort of chosen uh, by, by Cuba Press uh, for me to yay or nay. Right. And then I added some things. Yeah. And then I'm like, fuck, I've talked about my dad heaps in this. <laughs> Which I have no problem with. It's, yeah. go, it's all good. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, I had no idea. Yeah. And then even reading individual poems, I'm like, oh, so that's actually about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. I, I, meant it, I meant it about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's the best thing, isn't yeah. it? Which is the reason, you know, it's a great advert for uh, the idea of, of of writing for the joy of writing mm. and for getting to know yourself. Absolutely. You know, fuck the audience. They yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, 100%. They can come second, pardon yeah. the pun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's been great getting to know you. Yeah. It has been uh, a pleasure hearing you read some of this awesome. stuff because I, I uh, haven't heard you read before. I don't mm. think I've seen you read, but I've seen you about and I've sure. read your poems and I you know you have that thing where you kind of like go I wonder what sort of voice they're read in yeah and just in terms of like you know yeah. how a person approaches them absolutely and some of these I think are um, really 
cleverly ambiguous in the way they might be mm. read. Mm. Yeah, because of the um, the playfulness of how they're set, laid out and everything the, too. The weirdest thing is when you hear someone else read one of your poems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've had that happen, but yes. Well, yeah, in the, in the lead up to this, I got some people um, to make YouTube videos where wow. they like dressed up as like yeah, one yeah. of the things and yeah, read the yeah. poems. So weird hearing like, mm. just like, I don't know. That Good you, weird? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I loved what the people yeah, yeah, made. Well, you you, but you like, commissioned it. You yeah, asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, just like, just the wit places people pause or like the inflection and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So it's amazing how everyone reads differently. Yeah. With it, yeah. Well, I've, I've found myself reading, you know, I've done a couple of recorded readings mm. just recently yeah. and I've found myself reading things slightly differently yeah. each time. Yeah, like I'm trying to get to know them again. Because, yeah. yeah, I'm approaching them different. And I did a public reading um, the other week and I, I felt like I read this poem that I've read before very differently. Because mm. it was just in the moment it made sense to read it differently. Yeah. I mean, it was my voice. My voice sounds the same. But the <laughs> yeah. the, the, yeah, the pausing, the, mm. the emphasis. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes sense. It's, yeah. you know, it's like playing a saxophone solo yeah. and leaning into a different note, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's also just like getting to know... Because you wrote it, people just assume, like, yeah. oh, I, but yeah. no, like, the more times you read something, you, like, figure out how it works. I think the other thing that's interesting, too, for, like, for me, with my thing is, and I'm sure this is a common thing, is, but again, this is something I hadn't quite prepared myself for, is, yeah, like, all the poems in my book are on my website in some way or other, but they're mm. very different. Yeah. And so these are revised versions, mm. and they are rewritten, yeah. entirely rewritten in some cases, yeah. and even just shifting commas and lines around you go to read it and like i again i okayed all of that and did that and chose for things to be but i haven't read them out loud (laughs) i'm just reading it on the page going yeah no that still looks good and no i think that's going to be better and then you read it out and you go oh fuck i'm reading this completely differently well it really is a different piece and i wasn't prepared for that at all it's cool though yeah it's really cool hey well thanks for coming around oh thanks for having me yeah where's my snare should we Turn this off and talk basketball. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I have no snare in my headphones. There you go. Yeah. Yo, yo. Have you ever been hated or discriminated against? I have. I've been protested and demonstrated against. Picket signs for my wicked rhymes. Look at the times. Sick is the mind of the motherfucking kid that's behind. All this commotion, emotions run deepest oceans exploding. Tempers flaring from parents. Just blow them off and keep going. Not taking nothing from no one. Give them hell long as I'm breathing. Keep kicking ass in the morning and taking names in the evening. Leave them with the taste of sour. It's vinegar in their mouth. See, they can trigger me, but they're never thinking.